Welcome to Bandit's Keep. I'm Daniel. Today is October 1st, the first day of OSR October, a movement, we'll call it, uh, to uh, promote positivity in the OSR, we'll say, and positive things about the OSR. Uh, this was originally put forth by Rob C. over at Down in the Heap podcast, and I know that uh, Taylor from Cleric Wear Ringmail, Jason from Nerds RPG Variety Cast, they are all involved as well as I saw a post earlier from the Pink Phantom, which is Phantom Thoughts podcast. So check all those great people out and, you know, let's talk OSR. So for the first day, I think the way to handle this is going to be to describe or state what OSR is to me. So I'm going to I'm gonna do what Rob did over Down in Heap and talk a little bit about my background because I think that that is key for a lot of people to what OSR is, and at least what it is to me. And that is that in 1981, when I was nine years old, I saw my cousins play this strange game, right, Dungeons and Dragons, and I got the Mulve basic set and played it with my best friend for a little bit, and then we ended up getting Advanced Dungeons and Dragons shortly after. And we played the heck out of that until we got to high school. At, at which point, we kind of faded away. I mean, I still had the books. We read them once in a while. Every once in a while, we'd play an adventure, did some solo stuff. But basically, from the time period of like, maybe how old are you in high school? Like 14? Once I became about 14 years old, I, I just, it drifted away. I stopped really playing. Totally forgot it even existed. At one point in the 90s, I did remember it. I can't remember why. I think I might have seen the D&D cartoon rerun or something. And went out to buy the books again because mine were gone and bought second edition stuff, a few things, uh, way too much of it because I never played it. And, uh, you know, then it disappeared again until maybe like five or six, whenever the, I don't know when fifth edition was coming up, probably like maybe six, seven years ago now. Some people were talking, uh, some, some guys, they were like in their 20s and 30s and they were talking about Dungeons and Dragons. And I said, they still make that game? <laughs> and sure enough, they do. So... Long story short, we started a 5th edition campaign, one which I became the Dungeon Master. And I'm going to talk a little bit about 5th edition and stuff in future podcasts, but I just want to keep this one short. So basically, I started playing 5th edition, and I was uh, obsessed with like learning everything I could about it. So I went online to blogs and to YouTube channels, and I found all kinds of great things about being a better Dungeon Master and building characters and all kinds of cool stuff like that. Just when I was about to publish this, I realized that uh, the Red Caps podcast is also doing OSR October. So I put a link to that in the show notes with the other ones I talked about and uh, back to it. During that time period when I was looking around, I started to notice some videos, some vlogs, vlogs, blogs, that were kind of talking down about the older editions. And I don't mean fourth edition because that was happening as well. But, and definitely not third edition, it was, they were talking about the old games, the games from the 80s and from the 70s, and, and how they didn't make any sense, and that they were unplayable, and that people didn't even name their characters because they died too quickly, and they didn't ever roleplay, they just kind of went around and killed monsters. I even had a player in my group that had never played anything, they started with Pathfinder 1, um, at one point, this is a little bit later, when I had some of the books, they were, they were like, oh, I heard that, uh, you know, for the first like three or four levels, you just run around and kill like giant rats and orcs you can level up. Like that was what people thought. 
And of course that can't be, that's about the furthest thing from truth really. And, but I didn't know that at that point I was like, am I remembering with the, you know, rose colored glasses here? Cause I remember having great adventures and great characters and really, you know, playing out movies that we saw and, you know, creating all kinds of fun adventures. I don't ever remember. I mean, characters definitely died in this and that. I mean, I'm not saying we didn't play like that, but you know, we didn't put dragons in 10 foot square rooms and we didn't have just random stuff that didn't make sense for the most part. So it made me want to look into it. So for me, before there was even a definition there, that was the beginning of the OSR, the old school remembering or revival or whatever you want to call it. Because I wanted to figure out if what I played back then was just silly and I just remember wrong, or if these people are remembering wrong or speaking out things wrong. Turns out when you start digging into it, a lot of people that were talking trash either never really played back then or were very young like I was back then. So maybe they did play that way. I don't know. But as I picked up things, starting with B1, uh, In Search of the Unknown, I believe that's called, Mike Carr's module for the basic set, I started to realize that, no, it was different, but it wasn't ridiculous and things did make sense. Yeah, you did have to fill in the blanks a lot of places, but... I was doing that anyways. I was running all basically homebrew stuff and free stuff I found online. I had never run any D&D official modules uh, since ever. I mean, I ran some when I was a kid, but uh, any of the newer stuff. At one point, actually, somebody gave me a Pathfinder Adventure Path, and I did not like it. I remember they were like, this is one of the best ones. And I started reading it, and it like literally just told you exactly. And again, this is not a slight touch Pathfinder, but... It was like when the when the goblin when you come in the room, these goblins do this, those goblins do that. In round four, these goblins do this. This is, and I was just like, I don't. I would rather just know this four goblins and allow myself to do what I want. And that's when I think I realized I was in the OSR mindset. Like, what is what I would think of the OSR now, which is when you start reading again, like Matt Finch's uh, primer for old school gaming, the idea that things should be super loose and should come from play and not from pre-imagined things in a module. That's not to say that OSR style modules, if we take Rob C's definition, which is compatibility with TSR, aren't like that. A lot of mega dungeons are like that. This is one reason why, as much as I appreciate all the work people put into these like awesome mega dungeons, buying somebody else's mega dungeon is just not what I would consider the thing to do in OSR. Because if you're having an emergent story and you're having the players dictate the story, the levels of the dungeon, the the things you put in there should change and adapt based on what your players love and what you love and what you're doing, not just a whole bunch of monsters somebody decided to put into a 13 or 14 or 15 level dungeon. But again, that's OSR to me. OSR is very compatible with the other, I guess, movement you want to call it, which is the DIY movement. The idea that we're creating our own stuff and that everybody's table plays a little bit differently. You know, maybe smashing against what, uh, you know, Gygax wanted in, in, Advanced Dungeons and Dragons, where it was like a unified system, you know. To me, the idea of sitting down at somebody else's table and them having a bunch of house rules is not a problem. I think that is the OSR. It might not be how everybody played back then, but it's how we kind of reimagine it being played or a renaissance of the ideas that are now actually coming to fruition because they can, because technology allows us to share them. And one of the things I did early on when I got into the OSR was I found a bunch of zines and stuff that people had scanned. And people were always doing this, but they were sharing it with 50 people or 30 people or 10 people in their D&D group. People are always making their own house rules. This is not something new. 
It is an old school thing and it's a new school thing. People make house rules for 5e all the time. Some of the biggest YouTube channels on 5e are about making house rules, right? So has D&D really changed? Is there a difference? I mean, certainly the mechanics are different in the D20 system, the more modern era of D&D versus TSR's kind of compartmentalized uh, systems of doing different things with, you know, different mechanics. But the game itself is still kind of the same. And I think that you can play. So unlike, even though I think that, and I called into Rob to say that I think saying compatible with TSR level D&D is a good way to label OSR if you're going to put it on a product. I think that things with a certain mindset, to me, OSR is much more that. Uh, you know, my games are as close as possible these days, except for I'm using Chainmail, which, you know, they suggested, but it seems like nobody really did, to what OD&D says. When I have the party fight a bunch of ogres and it rolls 20 ogres, that's what they fight. When they find three $15,000 gems in a, a treasure hoard, dollar, gold pieces, that's what they get. I don't try to make it so, oh, they have to live in poverty and they're not going to level fast because I don't believe that that is any more valid a way to play than what the book says to do, right? So is OSR revisionist, old school revisionist? Is it revitalization? revitalization? Is it a renaissance? Who knows, right? But what it definitely is, is an idea that these games have always been good and they will continue to be good for people that want to play a certain style. And while I understand that people will say that you can play any style with any system, I am a firm believer that different systems will provide different play experiences at the table, which will lean towards different styles of play. And maybe we'll talk about that more as the months continue. So with that as my history, OSR to me, I guess, is, is a, is a re, relearning of what I guess I always knew back then. It's a relearning of simple rules work for me. A relearning of let the story be born at the table. It's a relearning of you don't need to know what the goblins are going to do before you get there. It's a relearning of just because the module says there's five orcs in the room and there's no toilet and no food, it doesn't mean they're in stasis till you get there. It means maybe they just showed up. And that's what up to the DM to decide. That's the OSR to me. I would love to know what the OSR is to you. I would love to know if you're taking part in uh, OSR October, call in and let me know so I can share it here. Uh, you can use the Anchor webpage that you'll get to from this. Of course, the app doesn't let you call in anymore. I also have a Discord, which I'll put a link in the show notes so I can figure out how to do it. You can join me over there and we can chat about it. There's a Bandits Keep uh, channel of category. I think they call it channel on Discord. I am not very high tech, but you can join me over there and we can chat uh, or you can send me a direct message. In any case, uh, have a great month. Listen to all these other great podcasters. I am for sure. I want to know what people think about OSR. I want the OSR to be seen in a positive light. And and I, I, need, I need a good sign-off. I never have a very good sign-off. If you can think of a good sign-off, call in with that. Because, uh, you know, Jason's got the Be Excellent. Rob's got Don't Go Down in Heap, which is really a good one. You know, I, I just, I, I haven't got a good one. <laughs>